Predicting the future is a somewhat perilous task. The one thing we know for sure is that some of our predictions may be right and some of them may be wrong. But it's something we tend to do as we approach the end of a calendar year. We look back and we look forward and we ask ourselves what's coming and what do we need to do, think about, prepare for in order to be ready for what's next? Here to talk about some predictions and some ideas for 2022 is Abby Fink, Vice President and General Manager of HMA Public Relations. Hi, Abby. How you doing today? I'm great. What's on your mind? Well, I, you know, the end of the year gives us this opportunity to kind of reflect back and where we were and look forward to where we want to be and thought it might be fun to kind of chat a little bit about um, what some of my colleagues from around the world are saying is, you know, HMA Public Relations is part of a global network of public relations agencies called the Public Relations Global Network. And we asked our colleagues to kind of think about, you know, what lessons did we learn in in 2021 and, and what does the future look like in 2022? And what was so interesting to me is some of the the commonalities that came out of um, the question. And, you know, we all agree that, you know, we 2020, we would just like to put behind us and not think about it at all. And we went into 21 with some optimism around um, some of the things that we were seeing, the, the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccination, which allowed some opportunity to get back to normal a little bit. Uh, We saw things like tourists in space and we saw conversations that, um, you know, were uncomfortable and difficult to have around um, equality and racial equity in our in the workplace and in, in society in general. And there's just been, you know, political turmoil and we've had discussions around climate change. I mean, just pick a topic and and depending on what side of that you're on, it, it created this this sense of uncertainty as much as we thought 21 might have seen ourselves um, coming out of this. And so we thought, well, what is 22 going to look like? You know, and, and if we had our crystal ball and we could make some predictions what would it look like? And as I said, we had some commonalities that I thought was really interesting to take a look at. I'm interested to hear your perspective because truly every one of these topics, whether it's the political turmoil and a variety of shenanigans in that realm, whether it's racial and social justice, whether it's changes in the workplace, where and how we work together, whether it's the environment, ecological concerns, climate change related things, every single one of these issues and so many more pose communication challenges, both for the people who are for the thing and against the thing. So this is a network of practitioners who work with clients, work with nonprofits, work with government agencies, work with companies to position and communicate their stories on all these topics. So this is a very rich set of perspectives from which we might gain some insight. So what have you got? Well, right. And, 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 and it's very true. You know, there, the, first of all, there is not, there's never been a year where there haven't been challenges that have, you know, caused communications professionals to rethink or re-engage or repurpose what they're doing. So we just had 
new ones that we had never dealt with in the last, you know, 18 months or so. Yeah, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Right, did not have this on my bingo card. But the, you know, these also can present interesting opportunities for the industry, for the PR industry, but certainly for the organizations that we represent and others that are leading the communications environment within their own organization. So some of the commonalities that we heard um, really from across the globe was this, the the makeup of what the workplace is going to look like and, and really the idea, this hybrid model, the work from anywhere workplace is really going to stay. And for most of us, we don't think it's going to change in in the near future that that we have all learned and advised and managed the situation that our teams our employees don't have to be in a physical space the majority i mean certainly there's businesses that require that to happen but in in general if you have the type of business that does not need a physical space you can be successful and productive in this work from anywhere environment. So what the onus is on the is on the management team to work out this hybrid model to be successful. Now, what, what are some of the communications, marketing, media implications of that? We've talked on this show about the importance of internal communication. We've got a couple episodes about that. We've certainly talked about communicating externally in so many different ways. So when you think about this hybrid way of working becoming more entrenched, in other words, there's some parts of this that are not going away. What are the implications of that from a communications point of view? And that's an interesting question. The the concept of it itself inherently has a communications challenge, right? If you are not walking down the hallway regularly seeing your coworkers or, you know, having your supervisor pop in for a quick discussion, you have to be very intentional about your communications. You can't, it just doesn't happen organically anymore. And what I'm finding, at least with my team, is that intentional conversation are much more fulfilling and much more productive because I can say, you know, Adrian, I need to meet with you. Can we get together at two o'clock? I need these three things on our agenda. We come to that meeting prepared. You're ready for the conversation because I've prepped you for it as opposed to running past your office. Hey, I need to know blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And you're, you know, somewhere else completely in your workspace. And so and it's a give or take, right? So the we we have all these different technologies at our disposal to use. We have a variety of different platforms. We still have the good old fashioned pick up the phone and actually speak to somebody in in our communications um, toolbox. So it's become a very I, I believe a very intentional opportunity to communicate both internally and externally with our our outside audiences. And of course, the flip side of that is there are some real challenges uh, when it comes to the way people communicate, managing that. You know, we talked about social media policies and should people be able to speak about their work in their own personal capacity versus in their corporate role. Now that work from anywhere also includes a time dimension where people are sometimes doing their work at different hours, there's no clear cut you're at work, so you have to be in work mode, and then your private life 
is private and separate. So there can be some issues here where companies need to think through, how are we going to respond to situations where somebody working from home does something that has an impact on the company and, and may potentially even, although nobody wants that, create one of these crisis communications type situations. And we can't operate in a vacuum, right? So when, we, when we're establishing that work from anywhere environment, there are uh, policies and procedures that come along with that, that, you know, uh, that make that possible for a particular organization. So for instance, here at HMA, we're, our work from anywhere policy is basically, you can work from anywhere, but the quote unquote office hours are the office hours of our home base here in Arizona. So you can be anywhere you want to be, but you're, you're working um, in the time frame of when our office, if in quotes, which you can't see me doing, but in, in quotes, um, is, is open for business. But there's HR, you know, that should be brought into your human resources team. You have other things to consider from, you know, the workspace that's being created in, in the, the home office or the co-working location. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to go into it, but the, the, the bottom line in that is that this is, this is a conversation that lives with the communications team, but is part of the larger dynamic of what your internal, you know, organizational structure is. And then externally to ensure that your, you know, your clients, your customers are being serviced with, even though you may have changed your model, they are not feeling anything less than what they would have from you in any other circumstance. And what we're finding is our clients, and I think this is kind of consistent with my colleagues around the, the globe, is the clients are experiencing similar workplace discussions. And they now we've got some modeling we can do. We can look at the best practices from other industries and how can we come together and come up with some consistency in terms of how we deploy that. Now, there's another dimension of hybrid that has become a reality for the PR firms and marketing communication agencies. And that has to do with the way you engage the media. I mean, it used to be in before times that you would do an in-person press conference or activation or things of that nature. When you had news, you brought the media together physically, ideally. Uh, you got them to come to an event. That's changed a lot. How is the hybrid nature of communicating the company's stories changing? Well, and I think in a lot of ways, this has much like it's it's given the workplace in general a different understanding of what it means to be physically working and where that is. Our colleagues in the media have really, I think, grasped this idea of using technology to to engage with their sources for stories and that they can they're they're already overworked right there's already a, you know a, a shrinking newsroom which is a topic for another another day but there's less 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 reporters less editors trying to do more and more and the the newsrooms are shrinking and and such and there's a, there's a lot of of reasons behind that but a reporter who has sources you know all over their their region would maybe only be able to get two or three or do an in-person interview with one because of travel time and such. Well, now they have the ability via platforms like Zoom and others to be able to, you know, have a face-to-face -face conversation and be able to do that. 
we saw it very clearly at the beginning of the um, of the pandemic where we were actually watching television newscasts happening happening from you know, the living rooms of our favorite news anchors. And and as uncomfortable as that might have felt at the beginning, it really shed a different insight into, you know, what they were what they were like. You know, they they always talk about coming into our living rooms on a daily basis, right, as we watch them on television. And we had the chance to come into their living room for a change and see what was happening. So again, I think we have you know, I think about how we're talk we're talking to members of the media when we're pitching a story for one of our clients. And we have a couple options now. We can set up a face-to-face if you're comfortable. We can do it over the phone. Or if you'd like, I'm happy to set up, you know, a video chat. And 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 as the agency representing that, I'm I'm still actively engaged. I'm in the background with my, you know, screen muted so you can't see me or hear me. But we can do all those same things without having to be physically in the same space. And what it has done, I think, is also opened up the source pool, if you will, for reporters where they are able to access good sources for stories outside of their marketplace if they need be in this. And what I think then is the stories that are being produced are richer, more robust. And as a consumer of news, we are getting the the option of a much more um, broader perspective on certain topics because we can the reporters can pull in resources from outside of the normal you know marketplace that they might be working within for sure we we've spent a lot of time on this I know you've got other things to touch and I would just add one to what you just said which is this also creates for the sources for our clients, for the people speaking to the media, the need to think about, as you alluded to earlier, uh, their ability to do these kind of remote communications. So having, you know, at least a very simple setup that provides decent images and sound is important. Um, Thinking about which corner of the house or the office is going to be your backdrop when you do these remote things. Um, And of course, you know, you and I and others can help folks with this. It's not a large investment. It really can set you apart because you're not always now having a professional camera operator and audio person coming to you, you need to fill that role yourself sometimes. And there's simple and not that expensive ways to do that. But right. you've got much more on your list. What have you well, got? Well, and and I, you know, I think that's a that's a good point and it and it kind of leads into this next idea, which is really, you know, what what is public relations now and what's it going to be and and what else does it become? And and for for several years public relations is hasn't just been publicity if you will i mean it has been very much at least from the you know the 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 certainly from the public relations agency perspective and certainly from those that are managing an internal communications team is this role of counselor and that it is it is much more than just getting a story placed in a newspaper or on television that we really become at the table with our executive leadership to help guide and shape what the organization is going to look like and that we are and should be actively participating with all aspects of an organization, whether that's marketing or your e-commerce or your production or wherever, that the role of your public relations person on your team is really that of counselor 
and guiding conversations and being the objective voice at the table that can say and ask the tough questions, is this the right thing? What are the ramifications if we do or don't do this? What happens if we do it next week versus the week after? And really forces the conversations around proper communications and being willing to say and be confident in what we're saying that the way we are advising and counseling is for the better of this organization. And this is why we need to do that. And it it doesn't matter what the end result is or what the product is that we're promoting or the company that we're promoting, that bottom line of how does this hit our audience when we do it is got to be the common question each and every time. And and thinking about it in, in context of what else is happening in our communities, what's happening regionally, nationally, globally, and what role we play, we being the, the customer, the client, rather the client in, this, in the conversation, and thinking about, you know, what we can do from a communications perspective to ensure that our positioning in the marketplace is exactly where we want to be. We've certainly touched on this, but it, it, it resonates with what you're saying, the distinction between strategy and tactics. And it's all too common that people only think of public relations or publicity uh, media relations specifically as a kind of tactic. Well, we've got a launch or a campaign. We need to get the word out. Let's have our PR people get us some press coverage, right? That's tactical. And that's extremely valuable. And it's something you're very, very good at. It's something clients can count on you for. But they're missing the forest for the tree if they don't also see the importance of having a communications consigliere, kind of a, a strategist who's right there alongside thinking through the multiple dimensions because, quite frankly, the world is is more and more integrated and departments are not siloed. And what the marketing team is doing and what the sales team is doing and what the, you know, the, the partnerships and business development team is doing are, are now more than ever need to be aligned because on the other end, the public is certainly a multi-channel or omni-channel consumer. I mean, someone who's considering your company, considering doing business with you, considering buying your product, considering bringing you in for whatever, is working across, and we've been saying this for 15 years in digital marketing, but they're working across all the channels. They're jumping from Google to Twitter to, uh, you know, a chat bot on your website uh, to, you know, seeing what comes up on YouTube and watching the clips of this, that, and the other. So not having someone or someone's to provide that integrative tissue of strategy and thoughtfulness and insight that, you know, maybe there's a dimension of this we need to add. Uh, maybe there's an, a, a subgroup of the audience that is going to be uh, turned off by this position. Let's think through how to do this is the real value. And I think clients need to understand that the right PR firm can provide those kind of strategic advisory functions as well. And we've seen over the last you know year, very, very predominant in, in terms of actions taken by organizations and how those actions play out in in the public and with their clients and you know the the it's certainly around the discussions of um, diversity equity and inclusion we have seen a lot of discussion and 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 we're demanding that the brands that we interact with 
have a position and that the position they take is entirely up to them in terms of how they want to position that. And, and certainly we'll, we'll assume there's been some discussion around why they're they're doing that in, in that particular way. But we are as a consumer, we are expecting the brands that we interact with to to make a statement and and be and but back it up with the action. And that is probably been more at the forefront in the last you know, year to 18 months than maybe we've seen in recent history that, 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 and, and the power that the consumer has to impact the brand in the event that they do not stand for something that they, you know, and that they believe in the, the idea of cancel culture, for instance, is, you know, in, with a very quick witted Twitter post, you can shut down something if you can get enough traction with it. And so I think as, as, as the communications counselor and those that are managing those messages, we have to be, and, and again, force the difficult conversation. And, and you know, ultimately the, the outcomes then require additional discussion. But when we're in this, this state of, you know, a, a, a more powerful lens on things like social justice and equality and diversity we and and others you know climate change we talked about any other social issue uh, businesses need to be smart about how they're positioning themselves and what they're taking and or, or not you know again it's it's however they choose to do that but you know as we are a guiding our counselor our clients into that we have to be asking those, those difficult questions and one of the other things that I think is um, you know several of my colleagues are, are bringing forth is this idea of um, and this isn't new necessarily but authenticity and transparency you know what we put out publicly we need to also be doing internally and this idea of what someone named and I loved it was kindness communications right and that what what does that mean to be kind in our communications and it's this idea of you know building relationships and how do we build relationships both internally and externally with our audiences what's the culture that we're trying to create what is our position on these issues and does it reflect who we are as a business? And can we live this, these words into the future and balance that with our business model and wh what we do as a business? And I just really, really liked it. Came out of a couple different and really from all over the world. It wasn't, you know, the, we're, so much of where, where we're focused on here might be, you know, based in the U.S., but my colleagues in Italy and my colleagues in London and my colleagues in Germany were all talking about this idea of, you know, what kind of culture are we creating and are we are we being kind in our communications and that really resonated with me as something to think forward to and that, you know, that could 2022 be, you know, the, the, the year of kind and kindness communications. I, I really think there's a, a place for that. Um, that it would certainly make... raise the bar on uh, the level of compassion and empathy in, in our public discourse. Um, I, I'd like to see that happen. I'm, I'm not sure I'm holding my breath, but I would love that needs to change. And we're the ones who can help our clients change it. 
predictions and such are are just that. And and I think we all have aspirations, I, I you know, in, in terms of the goals we set for ourselves. And I think that's an aspirational goal worth setting is, is you know, how we how we have our, our kindness communications. Absolutely. A couple other things that we saw really have to do with, you know, sort of some of the additional tactical things that we have at our um, disposal. We're looking at, um, you know, what AI might look like in our in our business world and and what we're using from a you know additional digital aspects you talked about you know the access to communications through these digital platforms so how are we using them and 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 managing them appropriately um, more personalization which I think falls in line with the kindness idea but you know these are it's not a one size fits all in terms of the types of communication strategies that we're creating we have to really think about the business itself the individuals that are participating in it and who are we trying to reach and what we're pitching or talking about for audience one might not be the same for audience two. And how do we, you know, we manage that. And really when it, you know, the, the, the bottom line for all of what we heard and, and I think we are probably seeing it um, as well from what we're hearing from our clients is that, you know, that what, what com- what strategic communications can offer to an organization is a, is valued and is maybe seen differently because of what we have gone through as a as a as the world has gone through these things over the last 18 months to 2 years now and that relying on a strategic look at things from a communications perspective has been valued and is appropriate and needed even as we move on. Most of the colleagues, and I think this is probably a fair statement for a lot of um, businesses, we are going to be a society where COVID is part of what we're doing and we will, we are learning how to adapt to that and, and wherever that falls, it will just be part of what we do. So there are going to be considerations for the near future about how we incorporate what we do with that as the backdrop, but that looking forward in in a more positive way, because we can see some things happening and again, access to vaccinations and more people choosing to to do that for themselves and for those that they want to interact with and, and managing uh, relationships in such a way that allows a little bit more interaction. There will still be some uncertainty and and probably will be for a, a handful of years as this becomes, uh, I, I hate to say the new normal because I'm not sure we've defined the old normal by this new normal yet, but um, that there will still be a little bit of uncertainty, but um, good leaders, great leaders of your organization and that that invest in the professional development of their teams and in themselves and and manage the what we have being handed to us and look ahead to the trends and what's happening in our individual industries are going to be the companies that succeed and that will continue to thrive um, in, in spite of some of these more difficult challenges that are happening. And, um, you know, the kind of the advice, if there's any advice that came out of all of this was really this, you know, connecting and sharing and capitalizing on the best practices of, you know, what we're learning from as a communications profession and tapping into resources like the Public Relations Global Network or other professional associations. But even from within your own organization, you know, look to others 
that are doing similar work that are willing to share and, and figure out how to make those connections and build on those relationships and utilize the best practices and knowledge that others bring to the betterment of not only your organization, but the industry that you represent as a whole. Let me ask you just a closing question here, because I think the benefits of the public relations global network might not be super clear to a client. But one of the things we are talking about is the strategic advice and support that your PR firm provides you from the client perspective. When that firm is a member of a network like the Public Relations Global Network, and HMA Public Relations is a founding member of the Public Relations Global Network, it means that your advisors, your PR and communications professionals are regularly talking to and learning from others who aren't competing with them because they're in a different place. You know, they're in Indiana or Italy or Israel or what have you. So there's a feedback loop here that allows the communicators to listen, not just to the local market and its needs, but also to changing uh, perceptions around the globe. My, My closing question for you, Abby, is you've been at this game a long time. HMA has been in this game a long time. And you didn't start with that global network in place, what have you learned over the years that has changed the way you advise Arizona companies, nonprofits, government agencies, and so on from that, uh, from participating in the public relations global network? How has that shaped your thinking? And you're absolutely right. When I, you know, when I started in this business, you didn't do anything outside of your own market. I mean, that, that, that what, there wasn't even a, the mindset that says we could do work in, you know, even here in Arizona, you know, it was a, it was a stretch to say we could also work with a client, you know, if I was living in Phoenix and work with a client in Tucson or in Flagstaff, I mean, that still was sort of this un, unknown way of doing things. But what the, you know, what the, certainly the, the, technology has given us that ability to do that, but having this resource uh, the in something like the Public Relations Global Network, which is going to be celebrating its 30th anniversary in 2022. And, you know, these are these are agency owners that are running companies very similar to ours in terms of clients, number of employees, um, longevity in the marketplace. You know, they're 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 colleagues in that are doing what we do outside of the market. And that access to information is invaluable. And in, and in, as you said, it's not beca- they're not competition in the sense that they're going after the same business as we are. So I can ask a question, has anyone ever done this? What has been your experiences? What did you do? What did you learn by doing this? And, or, you know, I am thinking about going after this type of client. Has anyone else worked with that type of client? Would you like to partner with me? And what I can tell my clients that are based here in Arizona who might have a need in Chicago or London or Israel or Bucharest, I've got a partner there. And that's a very unique proposition for us to be able to have these resources that have been vetted and that have been brought in and that are that demonstrate the same values and the same approach 
and the same management of their agencies and the way that they work together with their clients that we do. And so when you bring on HMA Public Relations, you not only have the staff and the creativity of my team here, I have access to this team of people, you know, 800 people around the world that I can bring in and say, can be a part of your team as well. If you have need for an, for a particular market or a particular service offering that we might not have. And that's a pretty amazing value proposition. And, you know, it, it is, and, and what has been very interesting in this last, you know, two years as international travel has all, but, you know, been decimated, we're starting to look to the future to bring the group together again. This group is actually more connected thanks to technology and being able to see each other, although we're not physically in the same space. Um, and I've learned a lot about time zones that I, you know, I had no idea how many time zones there could be, but really, you know, coordinating meetings with, with partners from Australia and the United States and um, Germany. And, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot of coordination. It's going to be 3 a.m. at one of somebody, those places. Somebody is, <laughs> is not getting any sleep that night. But um, but it's a, it's an incredible resource for us and and really the ability for us to have that resource accessible for our clients has been has been terrific. And, you know, the the question that we asked at the beginning about, you know, what does 2022 look like? You know, th these were all thoughts that came from my colleagues. And what was was powerful to me is the consistency of some of those, um, those some of the things that we're seeing that are really across all businesses, regardless of where we're located, and the really smart and strategic thinking that happens amongst my colleagues is is a is a great resource for us and for those that we work with on a regular basis. We'll certainly link to the article, the PR predictions for 2022 from the best comms pros around the globe, brought to you by the Public Relations Global Network. And Abby Fink, thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. HMA Public Relations, of course, being a leader, not only here in Arizona, but in that global network. Happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see you in 2022. Sounds good. Sounds good.